Ben is Back is in theaters, and Peter Hedges is here to talk about it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of LAOFCS Weekly. We have a very, very, very special guest. He is the writer and director for Ben Is Back. Mr. Peter Hedges is here with us. Yay! Good morning. (laughs) Hi. Hello. I thought you were excited because I was here, but no. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) and of course, (laughs) next to Mr. Peter Hedges is the beautiful, the talented, the wonderful Nikki Novak. Well, I thank you for that introduction. I was kidding. We're so happy to talk to you today. (laughs) I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I, I am really thrilled to be here. I have been dying to chat with you. I saw the film in Toronto, as you know. Mm. Um, You were emotional during that Q&A that Mm. happened right after the film. And uh, I was very emotional as well. Uh, I don't know if if many people have asked you this question, but it was something that came to mind immediately when I was watching the film and then afterwards seeing your reaction is... This story, what was the inspiration for it? Hmm. Um, A close friend overdosed and died. My favorite actor ever overdosed and died. And a relative uh, of mine, not an immediate family member, but a close relative, nearly died from overdose. And um, that shook me those untenable losses and that almost untenable loss uh got me thinking and i and i decided then that i needed to write about the heroin opioid epidemic Um, i come from a family of addicts alcoholics Uh, my mother left home when i was seven i didn't know her sober until i was 15 and uh so Everything I've written, even though it might not address the epidemic, I, I, I write about families. I've been writing about families since Gilbert Grape. And so I, I just decided to try to take on the heroin opioid epidemic in, in the best way I could. I researched for four years, four or five years. Uh, we also went through some family therapy work in support of my relative who celebrated six years of uh, sobriety, the former heroin act, recovering heroin user, uh, yesterday. So it was a big, big deal that the movie's opening today. And because of my relative and what I learned watching uh, her resiliency and her capacity to with a lot of help, but put her life back together. And what I saw in my mother, who got sober when I was 15 and then spent 22 and a half years helping other people get well before she passed, uh, I, I just wanted to put a story in the world that, uh, you know, put a light on on what's happening in home after home and city and city after city, town after town, all over the country. Um, and, uh, it was only when I started seriously writing, uh, in May of 2017, six months before we started filming, I started, I just cleared the decks and wrote, it really wrote me Mm. that I, um, realized that I, I felt I could write about one family over the course of one day. And that if I could do that well, um, I would put a film into the world with a lot of help from other people, put a film into the world that would add, uh, be a part of an important conversation we need to be having about how we take care of each other, how we love each other. It's ultimately a love story about a mother who won't give up on her kid and a kid who's trying so hard to turn his life around and make sure that his family and the people he loves, that he, that he takes steps is a makes living amends essentially so that he f- can feel worthy of the love they have been showing him awesome yeah. um gosh i have so many questions Me even too. based on what you just said and you said it it basically wrote you it did 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So why was the cho- why did you make the choice? Because I really appreciate it. I've seen stories about addiction, but the fact that you chose to make it over the course of 24 hours, mm. why did you make that choice? When I uh, was, a, when my mother first got sober, I would go to AA meetings with her. And one of the sayings that they say in meetings is one day at a time. And people can't recover if they think, I'm never going to use, I'm never going to drink for the rest of my life. But if they break it down to a day, I can get through today. And if you can get through one day, then you get through the next day. So it it seemed uh, a natural idea that this was just going to be... a, a remarkable day in the life of an unremarkable family. I mean, I find them remarkable. I think they're full of life and vital, but they're, 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 they're you or me, you know, and that's what I hoped they would be. Um, so, and, and, uh, there's something in a film when, it, when a film takes place over a short period of time, either a few hours or a few days, uh, I, I find those films often are the most compelling for me because they feel real. It feels more like life and less like a movie. Yeah. And I felt for this to have the most impact, it, it needed to feel real. Of course, it gets challenging when you cast one of our greatest movie stars of all time in the lead role because, I mean, she's so iconic. Fortunately, she came ready to subvert all of the expectations you might have about Julia Roberts. And she didn't ever make a vain choice not that she has in the past I'm not suggesting she has but in this is when she grabbed a hold of the character of Holly Holly Burns she she just she was all in every frame every scene and I mean I think you can feel it when yeah. you see it uh, going off a few things that you said I mean I love the 24 hour period. The, it gives the film the sense of urgency. Yes. You feel like, oh, it's like a race against the clock, and you feel that. And having it the one day is so perfect. And I, and I wish more films took advantage of that timeline of just using a day and just focusing in the moment. And I, and I love that so much about this film. Another thing that I love about this film that I think is being brought up a little bit more now as more and more reviews are coming out is just how natural you made this family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot in Hollywood right now. There's, a, there's always this, this plea for diversity. And you naturally put Courtney B. Vance in the role as the stepfather. There's no conversations about race or anything with, with this film. And I just thought that was so brilliant. So not too much of a question, but just a kudos to you for doing that. But I guess I guess I can ask a question. What was there any inspiration for you to do that? Sure. I, I, um, Nina Jacobson, one of our producers, uh, as we were talking about the film, uh, one of the challenges is. Uh, and it was something I had addressed in a moment that I ended up cutting because it felt a little preachy and it came at the end of the film. There's a homeless woman uh, at the end of the film who has a conversation with Holly, and she used to have a speech. Um, she's an African-American actress, and she said, it, uh, Myra Taylor, amazing actress. But her what she said in that scene was, because Holly's looking for... She's lost her son. She's trying to find him. And she says... Where were you 30 years ago when it was the, when it was crack? Where were you? Um, now that it's in your neighborhood, now that wow. now it's an epidemic. Wow. And it, it was a very important point. But it came too late in the story, and it felt like a, a sermon as opposed to something born out of character. So, so we, we needed to lose it. But that got 
the fact that I had that in the script, Nina and I talked a lot, and and everyone on the film talked a lot about how can we make this not just a story about a white family, um, and 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 we felt there was an opportunity. I, I've tried this before. I, I did this in Dan in real life. I, there's a one of Dan's nieces uh, was adopted, um, but we never talk about it. And and I feel like one of the great opportunities in storytelling now is we can normalize uh, relationships. We can normalize lifestyle choices and not make a big deal out of it. Um, and and so, but really it became who would be great to be opposite Julia Roberts and Courtney <laughs> B. Vance is a great, great actor. And what that when we started to talk about that and I proposed it to Julia, she loved the idea of working with him. She also thought that gave Holly, gave her, she's cooler. She's a cooler mom, you know, and I don't think that was the word she used, but it made it her interesting in a way that she would have been interesting with, we'd cast, you know, a wonderful white actor too, because it's an interesting part, but we love the idea. And the one, uh, why I'm really glad we did, apart from the fact that he's amazing. He's so good in the film. Oh, yeah. And we were able to cast the two younger kids that we found who are so spectacular. But there was also then this opportunity as Holly, early in the story, is talking about how worried she is about Ben and, and Neil saying he needs to go back to the halfway house, to the sober living facility. Yeah. He's able to say, you know, if he were black, he'd be in jail. Wow, I love that. Scene. And, and and I'm so glad we had that. What I'd say a second bite at that apple because we lost the one later in the film, and it's done very organically out of the the moment. But it's also true. And one of the things we tried to do in this film, even though it's a family story, uh, tried to find every place we could inject Big Pharma's role in the opioid epidemic. Uh, doctors' complicity in overprescribing these meds, um, mm. and and the fact that in most prisons in America today, sixty I know I don't give these numbers over <laughs> sixty to seventy percent of all crimes are committed while people are either high or drunk, and our prisons are just filled disproportionately with m- minorities. That's something I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know but, yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's an enormous. We we need treatment. We don't need jail, and, if, and, and treatment's actually less expensive than what we're spending to lock people up. So, it, I, I, of course, I can't attack. I can't get all of that in this film. I right. couldn't. But I was really pleased that over the course of that twenty-four hours, there was a way to organically, you you know, have those those intersection between some of those thoughts and some of what's happening. Speaking of organic, one thing that I noticed, your son Lucas, Mm. who's so brilliant in the movie and has such an amazing rapport with Julia, they really feel like mother and son, and I've seen this before in television and film, when Lucas uses the word mom and says mom for the first time to Julia, sometimes that can stand out if I don't believe the relationship. Mm -hmm. But the way he first said mom, I Mm. went, oh yeah, I bought it. And so just talk to us a little bit about... sure. The two of them I'm in that dynamic. I'm thrilled to talk about that. Um, you know, first of all, uh, I, I'm I am blessed to be the father of two young men. One is an actor, Lucas, who had no designs to be in this film. He had no interest in being in a film of mine, nor did I imagine when I was writing it he would be in it. I did want to write something that were I not his father, he would like to be in. Because both of my sons have really good taste and uh, in material and in, in projects, and I wanted to make something they'd be proud of because there's nothing cooler than when your kids think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when Julia expressed interest in the film, I went out, came out to California to meet with her, and I had a list of young actors who I had in mind who had many of them had read the script because it had been leaked or they'd raised their hand through their agents. And so I knew there was a lot of interest. Oh, 
That's okay. I'm just, I heard a nice voice in the background. And it was, I it, thought it was the voice in my I know. head. Anyway, <laughs> that's why, that's what was happening. Um, I thought he was saying, can we maybe get a different guest? Because this kid is boring. No, anyway, um, and I'm, I'm digressing and I apologize. And, and before I came here this morning, my wife said, be concise with your answers, Peter. It's really good when you're concise. And I'm, I'm failing, fortunately. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. Okay. Anyway, uh, what's my point? That um, The list. She, you came in with the yes, list. Julia didn't want to see the list. She wanted Lucas to do the film. And, and her interest drove my then returning to New York. Lucas's project he was to be doing was postponed. So he was available. And I said, look, I need... I need you to just you can say no but she really wants you to do this film and I need to give her an answer and she keeps sending pictures of her kid who has red hair to show how good she mm. is with red haired boys oh, wow. it was lovely he read the script after a long not a long a very impactful and important conversation where we talked about three moments in the script I think he began to feel like we could move from son and father to actor and director, and and he signed on. Julia asked that we rehearse at her house, so we flew out about two weeks before filming, and right in the middle of my prep, uh, which and I and I came for a few of those days, and then Lucas ended up staying at her house several more days. I don't blame him. <laughs> no, and he even had his first Thanksgiving away from us at Julia wow. Roberts's oh. house, but. Uh, they immediately, and along with Catherine Newton, who's so good in the film, she plays the sister. I love Ivy. her in Big, Big Little Lies. She's, oh, she's, she's just, yeah. she's, uh, what a major yeah. talent. We, we spent several days together. From the minute Lucas and Julia were in together, there was a bond, um, a deep connection. Um, I sometimes, when we were filming, would get so caught up in what they were doing. And this happened a number of times. They'd nudge me and say, <laughs> you need to call cut. They were so watchable. They were yeah. watchable in between takes. I mean, there's a whole movie. If I could get the to turn the sound back on, I could cut together of just Julia and Lucas between takes. Their vitality, the way they laughed. I love their energy together. Um, I'm so proud of that relationship on film. I mean, you, you feel it. And I wish I could say it was they they couldn't stand each other. And um, and I through my incredible gifts. You know, as a director, was able to somehow muscle this into something watchable. But all I did was cast two super remarkably talented artists who also, sometimes actors are great, but they act alone. And the truly great actors do not act alone. And neither of these two act alone they they play off each other so every scene in the film there's a three or four or sometimes eight or nine other versions of that scene yeah in almost every instance viable options i've never left so much on the floor metaphorical floor because it's it's not like film is falling (laughs) on the floor anymore but but i've never left so many moments that you can't see because i you'd the movie would be 10 times longer because we do eight versions right. of the scene. But they were, and part of it was um, also, uh, and I think this is why it was a good experience for Lucas, because I said to him, I'm not the director who has a very, as an absolute idea of what a moment must be. I have an idea. I mean, I wrote a script and I certainly have a sense of what's possible in a moment, but I don't have something that it has to be. Now, there are maybe a couple of moments where I go, if this doesn't happen, then the movie's going to fall apart. But how it happens, I'm not so sure. I know what needs to happen, but it may happen in a surprising way. In fact, it almost always does. So I try to create a set that where the actor feels, the actors feel very supported. They know they can play. They know there's not going to be a punitive whip being, you know, metaphorical whip going like, it, no, it's got to be this way. And and so what happens is, and it happened repeatedly on this film, I end up with 
we end up with moments that are so much more alive and surprising because we are we are being um, we're you're watching something very organic happen even if we're shooting in a traditional sense some scenes you shoot where you shoot in one direction and shoot in the other direction those scenes cut together so naturally and so real even though he might Lucas we might have shot Lucas's half in after lunch and Julia's half before lunch but they were so available and so generous with each other and that that's why I wanted to be a director I I, I wanted to direct so that I could be in the company of actors who just amazed me, but also create a way in which they could uh, do work that was actually done with joy. Even though there are a lot of hard scenes in this film, we made the film with so much joy. There was so much laughter and 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 a kind of a brio in the in 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 our energy. We just felt energized and excited it got hard near the end because we had to shoot all night many nights and it was very cold but certainly in the first two-thirds of the shooting uh we were having an an almost an embarrassingly good time making a a film with a lot of love about a hard subject i have so many more questions to ask you but unfortunately, we don't have any more time since you have to, like... Because I, I, I'm not concise. No, 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 no it's I'm okay. I'm in so much no, no, trouble. No, no, no. I, this is what I would like to do, and I don't know if we can arrange this. I would love to. I would love to set up a personal one-on-one with you. Oh. And I have, like, six or seven more questions that I would be... I'm dying to ask you. But well, I know you have well, like. What, what, what about Nikki? I mean, Nikki's I have, just Nikki, out. Nikki, well, Nikki yeah, has what, Nikki, what, Nikki what? has more too. Uh, I mean, but come on. I, I, can I ask one more question and it can be really quick? Yeah, yeah. I'll give a quick I, answer. Quick. Watch this. Okay. Watch this. I, I'm going to shock no. you. Listen, I don't want you to go. I really don't. I don't want to go. I don't okay. want you. I Nikki, want you to be here all the time. Let's go. So <laughs> I, I had heard that Lucas said that one stipulation was he can't call you dad on set. He had to call you by your no, first he, name. No, he said, I'm, I'm going to call you Pete or and Peter. And did he? And was it weird? Oh, he did. <laughs> Apparently the first day he walked in and I said, hey, Bubba. And he was, and I went, oh, I never, because I call him Bubba. And, and he called me Pete or Peter. And it wasn't weird. Courtney thought it was completely inappropriate because... <laughs> Courtney's old school dad and a great dad. But one time um, we lived in the same hotel. I never went down to his end of the hotel where his room was. I never even went in his room. He sometimes would stop by my room. And one time he knocked on the door and asked for a little cash. He was short. He said, and he said, thanks, dad, as he walked away. And I went, yes. <laughs> Still needs you. Yes. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, uh, Thank Peter. you for having me no, on Popcorn thank Talk. Thank you so thank much. You. I'm so happy to meet you both. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Congratulations. Such thank an incredible you. film. Everyone, go out and support this film. It is incredible. Take our words for it. Seriously, it is so great. I saw it twice. It's, it's and you made you were like you have to go I see Ben is back. You have to go see Ben is back. I did. Yeah. I, I've been I've been spreading it to all yeah. the members of this critics group. I've been was like you need to watch this movie. No, thank you for your support. It yeah. means the world. So thank, thank you. you so thank much you. for for being here today. Great chatting with thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks. All right. I forgot. I, I could have done shorter answers. <laughs> but I was like this. I was like. Because every time you said something, we both, I think, had more questions based on... (laughs) No, we're not going to go on to the awards, but we just want to, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get out of here. Sorry. Just wanted to say thank you once again to Peter Hedges for stopping by the studio today. Uh, His film, Ben is Back, is now playing in limited release. So if you live in L.A. or New York, please go out and support this wonderful little film uh, Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges are absolutely incredible in it so the second part of the show uh, me and Nikki uh, are going to be doing something that it's a first time so we do apologize uh, if this came off like a little scattered but we wanted to embrace the fact that we are the Los Angeles Online Film Critics Society so we figured you know what Let's announce the winners live on air. And I, so sprung, and I sprung this on Nikki like two minutes and ago. And I haven't even read all the winners yet. I'm scrolling through so like this. So her, so her reaction will be very natural. Yeah. I'm and, not even going to read it yet. Yeah. 
By the way, I am Scott Menzel because I did not introduce myself at the top of the other show or the top of this episode because I was just so excited to talk to Peter. So I am Scott Menzel, and of course, this is Nikki Novak. All right, so um, the nominations went out this week, and I, I feel like there's a lot of critics groups, and I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I was very impressed with... Our nominees. How, how did you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I, we have you know this this Facebook chat where we all sort of go, go back and forth, and then we talk a lot of, about it. And I thought, you know, just based on the passion that the members have for film, and that we're all encouraging each other, you know, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Oh, people, you made a list of it. Look, everybody put their movie down. If you haven't seen, go see. Make sure you see this before voting. And I was hoping it would be reflected in the nominees, and it was. I think you know it was very uh, diverse. I think it was, you know, I think it wasn't just the standard names and that you've heard about. I think you know there were people really rooting for some films like Searching, like we hadn't heard of a lot about in the press. So yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a phenomenal list and one that I said this on the show that I was on earlier. It I felt like accurately represented our critics group and what we were mm-hmm. all about, which is like you know different voices and diversity and representation and these these nominations really had that and it, and it reflected nicely on the group and i was so surprised by some of the nominations but at the same time i was so excited and with that being said yeah. i am a little bit <laughs> excited to reveal these winners because oh some of them are shocking to me even as i diehard fan of some of the movies on this list. Uh, Nikki, kick us off with Best Visual Effects and Animated Performance. Okay, so Best Visual Effects or Animated Performance was Josh Brolin and Digital Domain for Avengers Infinity War. Does that surprise you? No. No. That one does not surprise (laughs) me. Um, Best Visual Effects goes to Avengers Infinity War as well. Interesting. Does that surprise you? Um, I'm thinking of some of the names on the list. I think they were all really strong. You yeah. Know, so it Ready really... Player One and this one were like kind of tied was that, for me. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, that was pretty incredible too. But, yeah, I think Avengers, and I mean, look at the box office and the popularity and how people just fell in love with this film. That doesn't, you know. A little ironic. That we didn't mean this, that it came out on the day where the new Avengers trailer <laughs> oh, came out right. and the game came out that's this morning. Right. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. lots of love for Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Just Okay, so best stunts. This is probably, I mean, the come easy, on. This was the easiest category. Mission Impossible Fallout. Fallout. Um, yeah, I mean, who's a better oh, person right. than Tom Cruise? <laughs> come on, if he didn't win, that'd be a serious problem. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Like, I literally, like, when we voted and, and I was like, there's no way that this one's not going to top it. And Ashley was, like, looking uh, as we were, like, telling up everything because we, we did it through a form where they did the little graphs and she's like what's that one when it has like 80 something percent and I'm like that's Mission Impossible Fallout my, for yeah. stunts from my ballot for the uh, nominations there were five I almost put Tom Cruise Tom Cruise Tom Cruise five times <laughs> anyway yeah yeah, yeah. Um, next up best score uh, and, and this is where Aww. I'm going to start butchering names Nicholas Rattel for If Beale Street Could Talk which you and I have talked that, about yeah, this that's amazing that everybody else you know voted in that direction because we were talking about the film as i was watching it and i said the score of this film is just incredible and beautiful and it's amazing that everybody else recognized that and you know felt the same way yeah Love and I, I mean it, this was to me i i will say this that there was there was only a few real notable scores this year yeah. i feel like uh, and not to do this film any disservice, but I felt like it was a weaker year for scores. But this was one that really stood out. You know, this one I also think First Man score really stood yeah. out. Um, even um, the Splat's score for Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. But this was the one that I thought was so memorable this year. So I am so happy that oh, this it was one. Stunning. Yeah. Uh, do this next one because I, I I know this is uh, your your baby. Best original song. Shallow, a star is bored. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, I was shocked that the runner-up for this category oh, yeah. was Anna and the Apocalypse, Hollywood Ending. Really? Yes, because I was like, again, we're a group, we have a Facebook group, and it's funny because we promote things that we really love. And I guess enough people went out and saw it that I was like, 
surprised that it was runner-up and it was like 30% of the votes wow. was, was Hollywood I would editing. have thought it would be a different one second. Yeah. But, um, Me too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, best editing, Nicholas D. Johnson and Will Merrick for Searching. I This is the perfect... That's a great choice. Yeah. I mean, that film, it's so... It's edited so seamlessly. Yeah. And it's... Man, I, if you haven't seen Searching, you need to see Searching. It's yeah, it's and, and it's nice because it was up against some big films like The Favorite and you Vice. Know, yeah, yeah. So this is a you know this is a great and and when I was looking at the ballot, yeah, I was like, wow, it really. We're thinking about it, it really was edited so beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, best cinematography. I think this is one that's going to be popular. You know, in all award ceremonies coming up is Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. Yes. I mean, this was the obvious choice mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I, did you feel the same way? Yeah, I did. It, it, yeah, it's it, it's such a sweepingly beautiful film from the opening shot to the very end. I mean, there's a beach scene in this movie that yeah. the cinematography in that scene is just spectacular. Yeah, probably one of the best moments in film this year i remember seeing the poster for roma where they're all huddled together on the beach and thinking what's the context of that you know but when you talk about cinematography and it took me because i've seen the movie like four times now it took me a while to realize that the opening shot looking through the puddle you see the plane flying through the reflection and the closing shot is looking up to the sky and you see the plane again Maybe everybody else caught on to, to, the, to it the first time. The first time I saw it, I was very sleepy. So I'll give myself that. But yeah, I, I mean, that just the detail, just and not, you know, in the black and white thing is one thing, but the, the attention to detail um, in the specific choices he made were just gorgeous. Yeah, he's it's just a spectacular filmmaker in general. But I mean, he the way he uses that camera is just, mm. you know, like no other. Yeah. Like no other. Best sci-fi and horror movie goes to one of my personal favorites of this year, A Quiet Place. Uh, I, I've been on the bandwagon for this movie since South by Southwest, and I mean, I am so delighted to announce this This is our winner for Best Sci-Fi and Horror, yeah. because this was a pretty good year for that category. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Hereditary also, and Annihilation for sci-fi. I mean, those are the two that really kind of stand out, and it you know, to see Quiet Place, which, you know, kind of started off as a movie that I didn't think a lot of the people attached to this movie thought was going to go as far as really? it did. It's pretty incredible. I mean, the the two writers I've talked to multiple times, I've been very supportive of them. You know, we, we talked at the party the other day and they were like, you know, you said that to us when we were talking you know, and we didn't believe it at that time, but it was like wow. the inspiration, like it was like so inspirational. Here that you say that, and then more and more people kept saying that this movie is going to be successful, and here we are now. It's a huge hit. It's one of the Paramount's biggest hits of the yeah. year. There's a sequel in the works. I mean, Yay. you know, which they've said is going to be in a, not what you expect. No, yeah, and I would hope but, not, as you would expect it to not be what you expect. Right. Um, yeah, it's just so original. I mean, isn't it nice when you just have films that are just so original and fresh and like nothing you've seen before? And I think it brought people together because it was that thing you wanted to go see it in the theater. You didn't want to be the person rough, rough, rumpling your, you know, candy because everybody would look at <laughs> you like popcorn. you're going to kill like, us yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it was just, yeah, it was one of those things that everybody, you know, I interviewed um, Jamie Foxx and Taryn Edgerton for Robin Hood on a carpet and we were talking about them going to the movies and they went, they looked at each other and grasped each other like, have you seen A Quiet Place? And they started going on about it. And it's just that movie that everybody was so, you know, they're talking about a completely different movie than the movie they're promoting. I yeah. know. This movie has such legs. It's it's yeah. amazing. And I and I, I'm, I could not be more happy to support yeah. this one. I love these winners yeah. so far. This is awesome. Okay. Am I going next? Yes. Best indie film? Yep. Eighth grade. Oh, <laughs> we love this movie. Yes, we do. Yes, Elsie Fisher. Oh my gosh, it's just one of the best movies of the year. Again, if we're talking about originality, so original, and what an amazing performance by her to have a camera on you and you're in every scene and you know close up on your face like that and to emote all those different things. I mean, you felt everything she was feeling, and what was cool about it, you didn't have to be in eighth grade. You could be an adult male. You could be and still relate to what she was going through. Yeah, I mean, this was a coming-of-age film that felt so unlike any coming-of-age film. And the way that Bo Burnham just kind of let the camera sit there and he didn't write, you know, very heavy dialogue, like where the likes and the ums and the uh and the what's 
were in the dialogue just made the movie feel so genuine and true to life. And Elsie Fisher is just, she's going crazy right now. I mean, and she's like, her name is being dropped left and right. And yeah. I think she's, she's, she's just, what, she's 15 years old now, right? Yeah. Like, she, and she's just kind of like, it's award season. And every one of these lists that come out, her name is on it. And I mean, I don't even know how she feels. I mean, I'm happy for her, but I don't know how she feels. She's probably losing it. I can't wait to see what she does next, too. She's one of those exciting people that you can't wait because she was so emotive in this movie to see what choice she makes next, like what script she chooses, because I'm sure she has a lot of choices, and what direction she takes her career in. I Yeah, I, I can't. I'm You know, A24, I need to give kudos to them. A24 each year has at least one or two films that just they go the distance like they come out of nowhere yeah they go to a festival like first reform played at telluride not this past year the year before and it just it has these legs and a24 for some reason is a master at that they find these films that tell these either really simple stories or really complicated right. stories and they make them work. And word of mouth. Like, eighth hey, grade uh, was so much word of mouth that I was mentioning it to people when I was doing reviews and that and thinking they were not even going to know what I was talking about. And they'd be like, oh, I heard about that. My, I'm taking my daughter to see it. Or it was just one of those. It just caught fire. I, I, yeah, it just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fascinating yeah. to me. Um, best foreign film is Roma, which, <laughs> I, I mean, this was to be expected. Yeah. I, 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 and we've already talked about Roma, but that yeah. was to be expected. Best first feature, eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Best documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Is I it, it not going to win anything? I, 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 <laughs> I love this movie so much. Another one that I've been rooting for since Sundance. I would have been rooting for it in the best film category. Like, I, not even just too. documentary. I think it was one of the best movies of the year. Yes. Yeah. I called it one of the best documentaries ever made. Oh, Because it just... It makes you feel good, and it, it educates you, and it... Made me want to be a better person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, next for you. Best comedy or musical? Oh. <laughs> One of my favorites. The favorite. <laughs> and I actually didn't mean to just do that, but I did it. <laughs> and everybody's doing it, so it's fine. But The Favorite, such an incredible movie. Three incredible female leads or not leads. Supporting. <laughs> supporting. Who knows? Open to Fox interpretation. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's... This was an incredible film. This is a period piece unlike any other period piece that you've seen before. Yes. And that is what makes this movie so iconic and so standoutish. Yeah, because it's a period movie. And the second I say that to people, they kind of go, I don't like those movies. I'm like, but right. it's the most modern, crafty, devilish dialogue yeah. <laughs> and, and characters and performances. So not of the time you would expect and the behavior you'd expect. Uh, can't say enough about how much I love this movie. I can't either. Yeah. Um, best blockbuster goes to Black Panther. Very, very much deserved, I feel. Yeah, very much deserved. And I love that they're getting, you know, some other I, nods yeah. from some other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one was nominated for quite a few awards, in our, you know, at the opening of mm -hmm. this. And, you know, in the nominations, it, it received a lot. And, you know, there was, I want to just let everyone know, um, the awards, like these winners, they were very close. You know, we, we, we've contemplated doing a runner-up type list this year, but I, I kind of don't want to do it because it's some of these categories, it was literally like there was two or three movies runner-up. Wow. So, like, this, so this one was this which? Was, this was, this, this one was this one won, but there was just Infinity War was right behind was it? it. Okay, and and it's interesting because this year in so many categories. There wasn't like that one clear winner. And I think that's what made voting. I mean, when I was writing these 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 up last night and I was writing the press release, I could not believe. Like I, I like I was like, oh my God, like it, this is crazy. And um it's just amazing. But uh moving on to best animated film. Best animated film. This is a bit of I guess kind of a surprise, but kind of not because it's got a lot of buzz. It's Spider Man into the Spider Verse is is the winner because there were some pretty strong choices there too. It's, uh, you know, the animation style uh, for this movie, I think, really sold it. The fact that it's finally telling the story of um, the the Black Spider-Man character. Mm. I, I'm not... Uh, Miles Morales. And, you know, I think this is something that fans have been waiting. It, it's an interesting film because I think part of it is very fanboy-oriented. But at the same time, there's still a really great film there as well. So I think it works for both. 
Yeah. And and that's I, I, I was not surprised as this one won the best animated yeah. feature. Um, best original screenplay. Uh, wow. I was a little bummed that this did not. I'm not going to spoil it. That this did not get a few more wins. But I, I am happy for this one, and that is Adam McKay for Vice. Yeah, this uh, is, I'm so excited about this. Oh my! <laughs> I'm you and loving I, you, this you, list. you and I have seen. You and I have. We saw this movie together. Yeah, and it, it has probably, as you said, the, the best, best last, last line, line in a movie ever. And yeah, so I'll just put that out there for people who haven't seen it. Don't want to spoil anything, but it's just absolutely brilliant on an infinite number of levels. But just powerhouse of a script, powerhouse of a movie. So enjoyable. We both loved it. I know. Yes. Yeah. It was fantastic. And I, again, another film that hasn't come out yet, but if you have a chance to see it, please put it on your priority list and see it. Um, Best Adapted Screenplay goes to mm. Audrey Wells for The Hey You Give. Which I know you love. I did love movie. The Hey You Give. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because a lot of um, award predictors are not really putting much faith in this movie. And I do believe it's one of the best films of the year. And, you know, to kind of see this win the Adapted Screenplay Award was was very exciting. Yeah. And I love this. I'm and happy it won this, this award. I love this cast. And... I think, you know, it was one of those films that was buzzed about early as a potential Best Picture nominee, and then there were so many that came after it, it somehow died down a little bit, but it doesn't take away from how great it is. Yeah, and I think a lot of the movies this year would would kind of hurt, Um, you know, and I think this is the same thing every year, but there was a lot of push for stuff at Toronto and Telluride this year that I think their release dates that came afterwards weren't far enough out that they were too close to the festival so they got buried yeah and then there's movies that are in the conversation now like if Beale Street can talk and Green Book that are in the conversation because the release date was later and they didn't come out in September yeah it's tough it's a tough it's tough to know even with Vice because it kind of came out later and the screenings came out later I feel like where Star is Born came out earlier now are people fatiguing talking about it does that work in Vice's favor but does it have time to build momentum and with this film it's so hard you can't predict that stuff, I think, at the end of the day. You can think this is a good time to release, but you just never know. No. Am I next? Yes. Wow, this is <laughs> this is a big one. I never even read the last page. My gosh. Best male director, Spike Lee for Black Landsman. This this was a no brainer for me. I don't know how you felt about it. I love this movie. Like I always say this is one of my favorite movies of the year, and people say but you said that about this film and this film. That was what 2018 was. It was a great year for film. But Spike Lee just nailed this film. I mean, the performances. This is one of this is the movie for me where I was the most on the edge of my seat this year. Where I just felt so much for the characters and oh my gosh, is he going to be exposed? And are they going to know? And how he brought that to life as a director was brilliant how the film ended was brilliant just loved it i've seen this movie three times yeah. and it holds up every single wow. time it, it's, a, it's a great film and i'm so happy that spike lee got this award yeah really happy for him um best female director this was a very close category oh, wow. this was like almost like a three for lynn ramsey won and i will tell you this live on the air by one vote wow you were never really here and uh Joaquin Phoenix is in this film. Lynn Lynn Ramsey is a brilliant filmmaker, and she had some nice company in the nominations, but uh, she she took the lead. And, I mean, this is a fantastic film. Yeah, she's such a loved director that um, I'm not surprised she won. I'm surprised, actually, it was that close. Yeah. I mean, but the female, it goes to show, you know, we, we, I'm not going to go into the spiel about the best female director category, why, why we've done this. If you want to see it, it's online. Um, you know, th- this was a very tough category, just having five female voices there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every one of the films, The Writer, Private Life, um, oh God, I forgot the other one, a uh, few, few others were on here. But it's just, these movies deserve to be nominated. And, yeah. and, and you know, and, until... We fix this problem in Hollywood. We will continue to push this this category, and I'm so happy that Lynn Ramsey got this. Yeah. Uh, okay, best cast, the favorite. Again, uh, it this this was this was a tough one because there was the cast this year, like yeah. casting. Yeah. My friend Jesse Moulton said that. 
they real we really there someone needs to do a award for best casting in general. The casting director. Like the casting director. Yeah. Because it's something that's so overlooked. And if you cast the film so perfectly, you really do deserve to be recognized. And this year, I think we've had many films. That were And, and well many cast. of them that are on this list that were just so perfectly cast. Yeah. But again, the favorite. These, these are roles, I think, what made this so great and why I, I'm, I'm happy about this winning. Emma Stone? This is something like you never seen Emma Stone. That's why do. this is my favorite performance of hers, even more than La La Land, more than because I think it's something that she's so perfect for, and you always think of her as the sweet, and then she plays, you know, this little devilish character and so good. I mean, she's just so and they're all so good. Olivia Coleman. Oh my gosh. What a bold choice to be such a brat on camera and have it work and be so lovable. You I, know, to I be agree. to 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 go out as an actor and go, I'm going to do things on camera that might not make my character likable and still do it. And the way, the level she took it to was what made you fall in love with her. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, best breakthrough performance. I need to learn how to say this wonderful actress's name by, by the time our award ceremony rolls around. So I'm going to try it again. Amanda Stenberg. Did I, did I say it close enough? Or? Well, you said Amandala and huh? I say Amandla. But I'm not sure. I've interviewed her before, and I'm like, but this was years ago for um, Hunger Games. Yeah. And I'm pretty, I think it really depends on if you're slowing it down and saying Amandala or Amandla. I think it's Amandla. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody out there, let us know. Someone out there, let us know. Amandla, let us know. She won won Best Breakthrough Performance for The Hate You Give, which is, uh, I'll just do these two back to back, which was neck and neck with this actress who won Best Performance by an Actress 23 and Under, which is Elsie Fisher. Both of these two were the leads in both of these categories, and it kind of went back and forth. Oh, really? And our members did something that I'm so incredibly proud of, was that they actually voted for one a little bit more in the one category than they did in the other one so it gave a nice variety great next for you best performance by an actor under 23 23 and under we have a tie (laughs) that's pretty cool and i'm so happy because we just had peter hedges in here lucas hedges won for ben is back along with alex wolf for hereditary these are two of the most amazing performances of the year and nicest guys too yes so (laughs) kudos and congratulations uh, best Supporting Actress, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. That's awesome. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was expected. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to move on. Or should we move a little Yeah, move go, go, go for it. A tie for Best Supporting Actor. This yes. is wildly exciting to me. Mahershala Ali for Green Book. And then one of my favorite people on the planet, Russell Hornsby for The Hate You Give. I'll tell you, the first time I ever interviewed him, he did the entire um, the lion speech from Wizard of Oz, the Courage yeah. speech. He has it memorized in his head. He's obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. And he came into this interview, and he was just the coolest guy ever. I've been rooting for him ever since. So, so excited for that. Oh, I I could not. If you told me, like, if they were both standing here right now, and they said, pick which one of us is better in their movie, <laughs> I, I would I would honestly probably just walk out the door and say, I can't do it. But I also think it's cool, because Mahershala is getting the most buzz in terms of, like, when you're thinking of Oscars and that down the road. But the fact that we he tied with Russell, who it's, you don't hear Russell's name a lot, and the fact that we awarded him and, you know, the person that's sort of out front and then the person you wouldn't expect i love that yeah uh best actress this one was also (laughs) this was a nail biter as well and 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 two of which who i feel like have been sort of in the conversation uh but the winner of this category is tony collette for hereditary wow i'm just i just looked at the top three and i can't (laughs) believe what i just saw yeah wow no she's she's an insanely good actress she's insane in this performance yeah Awesome. You wow. get to do the next one. Best actor. <gasps> Not what I was expecting, but I love him so much. Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, what a love. <laughs> this this category, you know, was to me was one of the hardest categories to vote on. Yeah. But our members must not have felt that way because Rami really led the way. He wow. he received forty percent of the votes. Wow. Wow. I was really expecting Bradley Cooper or who? Uh, Vice, Vice, Christian, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. That, I'm, yeah. I'm, or even Maher, um, Vigo. Vigo, yeah. yeah. But I mean, congr- I mean, I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's so incredible. And Rami Malik, who, just like Brie Larson, 
you know, I've loved since Short Term 12. Mm -hmm. You know, a movie that still I keep pushing because I feel like no one ever talks about this movie. You know, to kind of see all these people now in these leading roles in these big major movies it's it's kind of surreal mm-hmm. and he told me like i interviewed him for bohemian a couple of times and he told me 10 years ago i wouldn't have been cast isn't that cool that he's like he, he's so you feel it when he talks about it he's so appreciative he so appreciates that he got to play this he loved obviously loves freddie and everything about him and he just feels so honored and you feel you feel that from him when he talks about it, that he feels very humbled by the whole experience. It's amazing, and yeah. he's an amazing actor, and I'm happy for yeah, him. Yeah, he's amazing. Love him. Yay. So, oh, my gosh. So, can't so, even so I, 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 I had actually checked the list because <laughs> when, you know, I've been rooting for this movie since Toronto, and it, it is my, I will say this on air, it is my favorite film of the year. And I, you know, normally I, I pitch the movies to the groups and people see them and I don't expect people to agree with me. I've just become used to that. But for this movie to win Best Picture is just amazing. Nikki, No, me. it's yours. No. It's your show. It's your organization. I'm not doing it. You it's do it. It's all of our organization. Well, there I you mean, go. this organization would not exist if it wasn't for everyone in it. And I, I, I always hate taking the credit for it. I, I wanted to start it because I wanted to bring together all these unique voices. But I'm getting sidetracked. Best picture at this award Da-da. ceremony is The Hate You Give. Yes. <laughs> yeah! Oh, my gosh. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's the underdog. Oh, it's, it really is the underdog. <laughs> I, I sent it to Scott Mance this morning. Oh, wow. And, and he, he, was, he was kind of, he was like, Scott, the hate you give? Like, that, 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 like, <laughs> Green Book? Yeah, like, he, I think he was, like, shocked as I was. I was shocked, but this is so well-deserved, in my opinion. Yeah. And I am so happy that we can give this movie the love that it deserves. So that is our... Winners list. Our award ceremony will take place on Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. Um, if you're a PR person, you'll, you'll get the PR press release with all this information. And if you want to come to the award ceremony, feel free to bother me on Twitter. Not everyone's <laughs> going to be able to come, but hey, you know what? If you're close enough friends, maybe I'll get you in. <laughs> anyway, uh, let us know in the comment box. Talk about this on social media. We would love to hear what your opinion is. And uh, Nikki, real quick to close this out, where can they find you? Um, at Nikki Novak at Fandango. Very nice. And you can find me at Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. And until next week, we will see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.